Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mixed Company. And we have a great episode for you guys today. Um, by the time this airs, we will be on and popping in Pride Month. And in celebration of that, in honor of that, in honor of our friends, our families, our coworkers, our listeners who will be out in these streets um, celebrating themselves and their peers, we are here just to talk about all the things and give more perspective. Um, so, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guests. We have Ashley and Justin here. Um, hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, guys. Hey! hey what up? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so professional. Hey. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, for the record, we are back at droga basically it's like droga studios for us at this point this is your home this is basically home like all the homies live here the friends (laughs) live here the family lives here like it's amazing so instead of jumping right into dope shit or ain't shit we actually have um a letter from a listener about a new project that we're working that they are working on um and here at mixed company it's super important for us to give everybody a platform the same way we have one so that they're able to um, expand their reach. So Karina, go ahead and tell us a little bit about listener Devante. Yeah, so Devante Johnson, he's an awesome listener. He's a fan. Um, He wrote two books, one called Your Lips Touch Mine, based in New York City. It tells the compelling story of relationship through poetry and the thoughts that come to mind when meeting someone going through the relationship and the self-discovery you find for yourself along the way. It showcases the three stages of a relationship, showcasing the emotions and when things don't seem perfect at first. Written with a non-specific gender, your lips touch mine places you as the character and the compelling aspect of a relationship. That's sexy. Choose your adventure. Right, right? that's all <laughs> kinds of, I mean, my mind went all kinds of places dirty with that, so I'm here for it. <laughs> Does that include Tinder, you think? I don't know. Like, swipe left, swipe right, swipe, swipe, swipe. Like, that's my poem. This could be way more innocent than we think. <laughs> it, it, it could be. But, um, like, my nine-year-old self would definitely pick like, it up. I Because I think it's dirty. Like, <laughs> that's, where, that's where my brain went. Like, my brain went to dirty stuff. And good. Well, I don't know where you might have been going the next one. The other one is When I Kissed You for the Hopeless Romantic. Still dirty. Um, <laughs> it's an exploration of the mind of a hopeless romantic that is lost in today's current hookup culture. Mm. Mm. It gathers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is this for you? Oh, no. <laughs> for me specifically. <laughs> it gathers a collection of entries into three distinct chapters: pain, purity, and pressure. So that's that's me a little bit more mature. A little, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but. I'm here for summer night reading. (laughs) Check it out. So congratulations to Vante and we wish you all the best. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening in your book sales. Absolutely. All right. So I think now it's a good time for us to go ahead and get into dope shit or ain't shit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start because why the fuck not um, with some ain't shit because I have a feeling that we might land on some dope shit. Does anybody have dope shit? Okay. So then (laughs) 
We'll end with Simeon, but everybody else looking at me like, nah, the way the news cycle works, all this shit ain't shit. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about Miss Roseanne Barr um, and her ain't shitness. Now, I want to go on the record and say that I enjoyed the show Roseanne uh, as a child in the 90s. I also enjoyed the very short-lived episodes of Roseanne currently here in 2018. I do believe... um, wholeheartedly that everyone regardless of their beliefs as long as their beliefs are not um what's the word I'm looking for because I I think negative and positive is like like that's so subjective but as long as their beliefs aren't harmful like don't have the opportunity or the um intention on physically causing harm or socially causing harm I think it's okay to look at other people's perspectives Roseanne called herself taking an Ambien a couple nights ago, decided to tweet um, at Valerie Jarrett, essentially saying that she was, if you put Planet of the Apes and the Muslim Brotherhood together, that that's what you would get from that combination. I don't know how much Ambien you have to take to blame your behavior and your specific um, intention on being racially uh, insensitive to somebody. I don't I don't know how much sleeping pills you have to take to do that, but child looked like she swallowed the whole bottle, the whole box, the whole shipment, the whole aircraft, like however the fuck they shipped that shit, she was on it. Tweeted that shit, then followed up with it's a joke, waited the six hours, because I guess at this point she didn't pass the hell out. Waited six hours to get back on Twitter because I guess somebody woke her ass up and told her that you done fucked up to apologize. And at that point, girl, it's too late. And I'll say this, right? And this is just this is just how I feel about people that are just genuinely insensitive. Like, especially when you're not sorry. It's one thing to claim ignorance. It's another thing to think that being a jokester or being a comedian gives you the opportunity to be a racist. So fuck her for that. I mean, I don't know if she can come back from it. Maybe. Maybe she'll change her mind. It's really not even my business. Like, I don't care how you get your money after this point. But I don't. I don't care how she gets her money. But Oh, I know. But, like, it's still funny fuck, that she wakes up and fuck everything's her. canceled. Fuck <laughs> her. And I can't, honestly, I can't even give a shout out to ABC for firing her because wow. hashtag never forget that they didn't share that one episode about kneeling on Blackish, and now I don't have another uh, episode of Blackish to watch until they find a new home. So I'm just mad at everybody. You have receipts. I didn't think about that. Yeah, no, ABC ain't shit either, but it's okay. Listen, <laughs> I watch YouTube. I don't care. I don't care. I'm over it. What's your dope shit? It's an ancient. Oh, okay. So while everyone was getting ready for the beach, Harvey Weinstein was getting arrested by the NYPD. That's dope <laughs> shit. Yeah. So on May 25th um, in Lower Manhattan, he was arraigned for a felony sex crime charge um, from the New York Criminal Court, setting a July 30th date for his next hearing. His bail is set at $1 million, at a $10 million bond, and he can't pass... He can't travel past New York and Connecticut. Now, today, we find out that Harvey Weinstein won't testify to a grand jury and claims denied access to case info. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> it sounds like he has a very good lawyer. Um, he has a very good lawyer because he, he won't have to testify, testify in front of a grand jury. 
So who's he justifying? Like, well, okay. then how are they? How are they charging him? Because the whole point of the grand. So are they? So this is drawing what, up their own charges. So this is verbatim. What I'm about to read. After being unfairly denied access to critical information about this case, that this was man been denied access his whole <laughs> damn career. What the hell is he talking about? Hold the on. key to the door is the panties. What do you mean? <laughs> about this case that was needed to defend him before a grand jury, Mr. Weinstein's attorneys decided that there was not a sufficient time to properly prepare Mr. Weinstein. Really? Because we've been talking about him since October. Like, they've had some time. A little bit. A lot. A lot of time. That's more time than we get to make movies and ads. Like, that's a lot of time. All I'm saying is if you ever are in criminal, like, problems, you need to get Benjamin Brathman on the case because he will make some moves for you. Anyway. <laughs> the plug for Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? The identities of the accusers and the specific charges provided to Mr. Weinstein last Friday on the eve of Memorial Day weekend and a deadline for his appearance is set for Wednesday at 2 p.m. Our request for a post-postponement post, of his appearance before a grand jury was oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So he still got to – he just it's asked still for up. it. It's, yeah, he's asked he for it. He asked for it. They just said no. So you don't want his lawyers because the request was denied. Let's be clear. <laughs> don't do not do that. You're going to get really upset. It's really amazing that he's only charged for two counts of rape, though there have been 80 like charges against because him. Of statute, because there is statute of limitations um, for rape charges in New York City. And okay. I be- like it's something real short, like... Like a few years or something. It don't matter. Mm. I don't give a fuck if you did something to me. Here's something my friend told me. He Shout out to my friend Brian. Because Brian said, if you hit me, mm-hmm. you can never tell me how hard I could hit you back. That means that if I don't want to hit you back today, but I want to come back with a brick tomorrow, that's what the fuck I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. If you hit me, to, if you slap me today and I come back with a roundhouse kick, that's what the fuck you're going to get. You can't, once you hurt somebody, you shouldn't be allowed to tell them how how bad, when, or where they can hurt you back. So this statute of limitations is on one because he still did it. Yeah, and he played not guilty. You know what? Good for him. Cause there's a, <laughs> it's good for him because, you know, because, I mean... That man, you know, hell is hot, and maybe that maybe he just really likes warm places, and I'm sure they have a very special plush bed in hell, full of terror for him. So you know, good for him. Because we're friends, and I don't want you to incriminate yourself. You are talking about a metaphorical brick, right? No, <laughs> I was talking about a real brick. Okay. Again, right. fight me, <laughs> fight okay. me. Listen, don't put your hands on me because you cannot tell me how hard I can retaliate. Simple as that. That's just how I feel. Self-defense. Also, I'm petty. So, like, naturally, like, I'm going to come for you. Like, but in defense of those women, yes. I think there are only two that have been placed within the statute of limitations that they were able to file charges for. So how much, like, jail time would he potentially get? I have no idea, but the lady who was it a lady, the judge that was oh. seeing him on Memorial Day weekend, she, that person looked like they wanted to put them away for like yeah, they're gonna hundred years. They're like. gonna try to hang him unless he ends up oh. changing Wait, the jurist unless they change his jurisdiction, mm-hmm. unless they're able to finagle um, getting the witnesses on the stand, unless they're able to like it's gonna take a lot for him to win the, that kind of case. Yeah. Um, yeah, girl. 
Okay. But let's move on to better things. I don't no. think we're there yet. What do y'all got? Got it. Um, I did see actually today on Twitter um, one of the Jimmys. I want to say Jimmy Kimmel. Don't watch the show. Don't know who he is. Um, I mean, I just don't. I don't watch the show. But he said something to the effect of, um, like, what Roseanne said is indefensible, but angrily attacking a woman who is obviously not well does no good for anyone. Please take a breath and remember that mental health issues are real. The Roseanne I know could probably use some compassion and help. First of all, you cannot just bring up mental health in a situation where there's blatant racism. Right. And there's been racism with Roseanne Barr for years. Like, this goes back, like... 10, 15, 20 years, and it's nothing new, I'm just going to claim mental health issues when I throw a brick, and then maybe that will work. Yeah, I think it's sad. It really upset me that Jimmy Kimmel used his platform, because he does have a large Twitter audience, to defend Roseanne Barr's racism um, and try to cover it as mental illness. So he ain't shit either. Hmm. Which is that's weird because he he usually gets it right. <laughs> yes, that's why I'm like, yeah, hmm, he this, usually gets it right. This is we're literally playing like hot potato with these mics today. This is so much fun. No, <laughs> but that's his friend. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, everybody at this table, you do some fuck shit. I'm calling y'all the fuck out. I am. I'm doing it. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I cannot defend you in public. I cannot I cannot go to heaven and have the Lord deny me access because I'm out here defending y'all for some bullshit. So I just really would appreciate if everybody keeps their sexist, racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic, talking about people's grandmother comments to themselves. That's where I draw the line. You cannot talk about people's grandmothers. Maybe their kids because kids are bad. <laughs> but not their grandmothers. Damn. I've experienced this out. It's effective. Yeah, I don't play yeah. that shit. <laughs> when you find out your friends are racist, what do you do? It should be a book. It should be like a. You should hold book. your friends accountable, mm. right? Like if my friend said popped off on Twitter with some dumb shit, I'd be like, I'd text them and I'd be like, "What's going on?" Give them a call, and just hold them accountable. If you're gonna hold anyone accountable, you're gonna hold your friends the most high and most accountable. Mm. So for him to just go on Twitter and say, she's my friend, have compassion, mental illness. It's like, mm, skirt, unfollow, block. Like, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's just a lot of faces going around the table right now. <laughs> what's, what's your uh, dope shit or ain't shit, Ashley? You want to talk about Starbucks? Yeah. Let's, right, let's go for it. Does that, does that stay within the... Wait, is it, is it ain't shit? So, it's ain't shit? I don't know. You guys tell me. I didn't... Um, I didn't I don't know. I just told somebody not to send it to me because I, I can't hate anybody else this week. Okay, go for I, it. I mean, I don't know because I, I didn't realize that yesterday they were like, okay, yeah, we're closing like 8,000 stores. And I was like, oh, I forgot. Okay, let me just go grab my coffee then early. Sorry. I know. Um, but, <laughs> hey. <laughs> I, I, I respect it. I guess this is, <laughs> gonna I guess this is ain't shit. I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. Okay? She said y'all, I'm not shit for doing that, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> y'all can't close on a Saturday when most people ain't at work? Shit. No. Great. I need it. I need it. I live right, ac- or, 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 I work right across. There's a Starbucks right across the street, guys. That's what I do. That's In Bushwick? 
Oh, I was like, I was like, you're mad about, you're mad at, I was like, you're mad about the gentrified Starbucks? God damn it! Oh no, the one across here, Wall Street. That's different. There should be like six of them hoes right across the street. So they closed their stores to do uh, unbiased racial training. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting uh, that they would finally like. I don't know. Part of me is just like it's dope, but it's ain't Um, because the way that things were handled in the first place place ain't shit and just to clarify that this is in retaliation to the two gentlemen in philadelphia who were arrested for you know being black in a starbucks and hanging out yeah correct yep pretty much um so they came out yesterday with a intro like a preview video of what the programming and the training would look like that is very interesting um Mm -hmm. Let me just show you something before you say that because oh, no. I hope you're not. <laughs> I just, I want, you're not talking about this one, right? I mean, yeah, but not with Rory Wood. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> Does it look like an airport I was like, because that was okay, a spoof. Hold on, hold on. But in this preview, though, Common is in it. Yeah. <laughs> because I think he was on the board. I think he was on the task force. Um, also, you know that Angelo Rye is his bae. So, like, obviously, he's going to be on the task force for all these things. Y'all the better marry you know, up. The more you know. You got to marry up, okay? <laughs> what is this task force called? Um, the, the RTF? Because he's actually, no, he has been working on a lot of, um, I don't want yeah, social justice okay. platforms these days. You know, he was so a rapper, then he was an actor, now he has social activists. I think he might run for governor or some shit in 2020. I'm good for him. Would you vote? Hell yeah, that man, fine. He deserves all my votes. (laughs) But, I mean, definitely the the Philadelphia incident is is an ancient piece. I think them trying to actually take action and do something about it, whereas, like, you know, you got brands like H&M and, I don't know, a whole bunch of, there's a laundry list of people who are just like, oh, that's it. Oops, we're racist. Sorry. Oops. Oops. We were discriminative. (laughs) Sorry. Pretty much, yeah. So... Um, I'm interested though to see what's gonna happen after. Starbucks, they're like, are they franchise like uh-huh. Dunkin' Donuts and things like that? Yeah. I get the ra- the non-biased training, but what is the point of closing the eight thousand like cafes? So that like, on your work hours, you are learning about this. This isn't okay. something like I actually. Obviously, people need the coffee. I can't. Like, some of them only closed for, like, half a day. Some closed all day. The point was, this is something that should happen during your work day. We don't have time to wait. We don't have time to waste. I know you got to be here for these eight hours. So, look look at what we're going to do for four of these eight hours. We're going to talk about this bullshit so y'all don't embarrass me no more. Because I really feel like that's what the CEO was saying. Y'all motherfuckers then sat out there and embarrassed the fuck out of me. And now I'm going to embarrass the fuck out of y'all. And I'm here for it because that's how I got trained to become such, um, you know, a successful and... Um, I don't know. Whatever the hell my mother was trying to do with me, she would just embarrass me in public and take away my time because that's how you put people in timeout. You take away their time. Um, and that's what that was. It was timeout. Yeah, I respect what they did because, one, like they lost money. Yes, right? I was going to say and that. So I, th- I think that's. Now some... they'll be open extra on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, th- I think there's something really important um, or something to take away from that for other companies who get caught out there with their pants down or whatever however you want to look at it because they lost money and then they spent money 
because to close down 8,000 stores, like you're losing money, but then also to run a training in 8,000 stores, that means you have to have a facilitator in each of these stores. So you're spending money. And I think there's something to be said with all of these companies, especially like the ones that are getting caught out they there. They made really a whole like, toolkit. They yeah. had to invest money in a whole yeah. toolkit to do this. They probably going to sell this too. That's yes. how they going to make their money No, you could see it. There was like booklets. It's like your notebook. And, <laughs> and, and you know what? The, and so, the first thing you do before you, before you call the police, write it down, think about it, and then decide if it's appropriate to call the police. So, and I, I think the other thing that's, that's cool about this is this training that they're learning isn't just work related like it's life related like so you're you're not just going to go through the training and be able to apply it to the workplace like if you go home and say some racist shit like you're a piece of shit like you have nothing to um fall back on there's no excuses for you and so because they're doing it, and i feel like that's why like kareen and i like we went through like bias trainings for like every six months for a while um and so that's probably why we do this because we're hypersensitive to it so i think that going through these trainings just kind of makes you a better person in general so shout out to them for doing that i think so i think at this point might be oh you still have to give your dope shit go for it because we oh, yeah. got to get to this conversation. Yeah. This is so, what happens when um, we invite. This is what happens when we got mixed company. <laughs> we be trying to talk all day, all day on day long. So actually, I'll keep it. I'll keep it quick because it's real self-explanatory. So one, um, completely unrelated from all things communications or creative. Um, it usually is. Yeah. So uh, Mamadou Gassama, which is <laughs> Kaisley. It's so uh, unrelated. He didn't know how to say it. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> So that's that's one of the, that's the dude from the African uh, migrant from Paris who scaled the building to save the little girl. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, you could call him Spider Man, but I the dope shit is is that they gave him citizenship. Um, <laughs> gosh, just shake her head. But no, I I I find that dope because obviously like they're trying to kick these people out of their country and they. You know what? I can't, I can't, I can't deal with Kai's face now. Uh, my other dope shit is Serena and Venus Williams because they just won um, some Grand Slams or French Opens, something tennis related, and Serena just got off maternity leave. So, shout out to her for yes. doing bullshit. You know how much pent up aggression you have after coming off maternity leave. Like, I mean, I don't, but <laughs> I've been told. So, I've been told every time somebody comes off maternity leave, they're like, oh, my God, I'm just so happy to be at work. Yeah, she was about to win some shit. Did She's you, Superwoman. Did you watch her HBO special? Oh, no. Okay. Well, I've been working. If, I, I think it's it's when you put that into perspective uh, because of all the health shit that she went through, like having a baby, it's, it's dope shit because she almost her. died. I'm here. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, oh, sorry, no, I sorry, mean, I, sorry. <laughs> the reality is any woman that gets pregnant is always putting her life in danger. So for well, the, well, damn. I mean, it's true. It, it is 100% true. Like, this is a known fact. So, I mean, she's always the bomb.com. So anyway, I think it's time for us to have our conversation. We're going to have a pride it. celebration on the show today. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna start by saying this to you guys. If at any point that me, I'll speak for me, I need to be corrected, or if there's a better terminology for something, or there's insight, please. But I, like, 
I need to know. I need to I need to know how to be, have better conversations about what Justin you said earlier. You said uh did you say L plus? Did you say like Yeah, so the acronym gets added onto it does. Um, every with every discovery, right? So and as the world becomes more educated about what it means to be in the queer community, um letters are added to the acronym. So right now as I understand it, it's L G B T Q I A plus. Um, you just spelled my you, whole name. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> because it's a spectrum, right? right. And um, gender and identity is so fluid. It's not so binary as we once thought. So they're trying to make it as inclusive as possible. So um, what's the proper term then? L, like, well, you said something yeah, so, plus. You gave it like a nickname. And I was like, yes, that's going to be a hell of a less tongue twister. I don't remember if. I gave it a nickname. I think I was just like rambling through it really fast. Oh, and that's what she said. Okay, yeah, then I yeah. take that back. I thought you said LGBTQ plus, and I was like, you know what? Oh, yeah, that's well, there, cute. There's a plus at the end. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Well, so, um, what do those other these new letters mean? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do my best, you guys. I was gonna say if you don't know. It's cool I'm too. I'm not an expert, but so L, lesbian, G, gay, B, bisexual, T trans lgbtq queer i intersex a a is um you know what we're we gonna google it we're gonna google, we, gonna right? google. we don't have to google don't we don't have to guess when we can google um, so let's google that and we'll find we'll come back to that because um, it is important <laughs> yeah google that and we're gonna come back to that because we do definitely want people to be educated about that so as i was saying educate us along the way take us along for the ride obviously it, as things are changing and growing like you guys are changing and growing but the reality is you can speak to it better than we can so I'm just going to dive into some questions um, while you're Googling. So, asexual. Thank is you. Is it asexual or, or ally? No, it says both. Oh, okay. Did you, where is that? What? That's a plus. Where is, where is that? <laughs> in the circles that I've been in, it's asexual, but some people say it's also ally. That's why they added the plus mm. for ally, I think. Um, but yeah, I've known it to be asexual but thank you for looking that up because i i love when people actually use google because i mean that's what google's been there like, <laughs> it started with jeeves and now we're here um all right so my first our first question for you guys is this year's pride theme is defiantly different um and this is supposed to be a, as a part of like the brand elements and just taking a stance what are your thoughts on this as a theme for pride is that is it pride new york or, or pride pride new york national pride, pride new, new york. york what's your what are your thoughts about that theme um so i found it really interesting that they said defiantly differently defiantly defiantly such a interesting choice of word also i didn't know that this was this year's theme i was like oh the more you know um just because i'm trying to focus on like brooklyn pride as well as harlem pride as well as Bronx Pride because those are all happening in the month of June also. Um, so interesting choice of words. Is there a summary that like kind of talks about defiantly different and what it means to them? So the P like the verbatim from the PR, it speaks to the breadth of the LGBTQ, I want to say IA community as a unified people and their tenacious individuality. 
and they're also doing a video series featuring different kids I mean featuring um, Desmond is amazing he's a, he's what's the right term he's he's a child he's 10 years old but he's a drag queen drag performer mm-hmm. and they are featuring like different like people in the community so that's as much as I know about it but um yeah it's it's about unif- unity and individuality I think that it's a great theme. I moved to New York uh, a year ago, so this theme is specific to New York Pride, right? So mm-hmm. I come by way of Chicago, lived in Chicago for almost two years. Before that, I lived in Florida. Um, and my thoughts on the theme is it's a great reminder to be different and you don't have to conform or feel like you need to fit in or um, feel like you need to code switch in a sense when you go to work. I mean, just terms like yes, queen, like people say that at my job and I'm like, where were you two years ago? But mm-hmm. you know you know what I mean? It's, um, so I think it's a, it's a great theme. Um, I don't know if they're doing like any merch or anything with, Defiantly. I didn't. I mean, for their merch, I didn't see like yeah. the ta- as a tagline. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like that. Um, how's you said you're from? Sorry to go off script, but you said that you went to. Have you been to Pride in Florida? Like, how was that? I have not been to Pride in Florida. I've been to Pride in Chicago. Okay. Yep. Um, Pride in Chicago. I've only. I only went one time, and it was with a group of friends. Um, and my experience there was really unique because it was my first Pride Parade. I was with a great group of friends. Um, something that happened, though, is I went to go use the restroom. And when I come out of the stall, this older white woman tried to hit me, my friends, and the parade with her car. Um, yeah, it was actually, like, really serious. The police were, like, beating on her window to get her to stop. She was just, like, trying to ram into the parade. Um, and my friend Gloria was with me at the time, and it was my first Pride Parade. I didn't know what was going on. Um, and that was my first time experiencing real-life, like, hate crime. Mm. And it felt very pointed and targeted. Mm -hmm. Um, so, of course, we ran out of the way of the car, but... Um, other than that, I mean, Chicago itself for Pride, it's hosted in Boys Town, and Boys Town is just y- a mecca utopia for the queer community, and there's just a sense of, of togetherness almost um, that I really liked about it, whether it was the parade itself or the fact that I was with all of my loved ones. Mm. Um, it felt really nice. You just identified as uh, queer. Mm. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what that means and what that encompasses for us? Um, so I recently came out. Um, Congratulations. Like, Justin was like one of the first people that I told like in my friend group. Um, and I actually had a really hard time putting a label or like, I don't even the, the idea of like saying, oh, like I'm I'm a lesbian or I'm, I'm bisexual or I'm queer. It was really hard to be like or a pansexual or you know, so many other words. Um, and and there there was a part of me that was like i'm not sure um and i also um like recently came out to some family members and they're like i was like yeah uh, i'm not straight and they're like 
And I was like, but I'm not gay. And they're like, oh, so you're bi. And they were really quick to be like, put a label on me too. And I was like, no, 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 no. I just, I'm not, I know I'm not these things. So um, I think everybody, it, it depends on like also how, what you feel comfortable with. Um, if if I could educate on anything. Um, so I, Justin, I don't know how, how you identify, but I mean, for me, I think the most comfortable term for me is queer. For me, it's gay. I love men. No, but to your point about it being um, a spectrum and how you didn't want anyone to give you specific barriers about how you can identify, it's such a journey, honestly. Um, and I'm learning every day, too. For me, it's a lot simpler, and I have privilege in that I know that I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And my journey pretty much stops at that identity marker, if you will. But there are people that are going through other identity journeys that are a lot longer, a lot more intense, a lot more burdensome. Um, so it is a, it is a spectrum and a journey. I think it's interesting that you mention uh, not wanting to have uh, barriers placed on you because we all work in advertising. Mm-hmm. And literally every day of the working calendar year is nothing but a whole bunch of barriers whether it's barriers inflicted upon you from internal teams barriers inflicted on you uh, from your clients barriers getting in and around and growing in the industry can you talk about any barriers that you feel that you've experienced and to be clear like you both are of color um are there barriers that you have experienced which were more so about how you identify your sexual orientation and less about uh, your race or being a person of color? Do you find that it is an equal experience if you have any? That is such a great question. Oh, my God. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack with that question because – the, um, the notion of intersectionality comes into play, right? Um, being a mixed person, being a queer person, um, and in your case, Ashley, being a woman, right? There's a lot yeah. of different identities and hats and roles and expectations and boundaries and barriers that people want to put on you. Um, for me, personally, I don't... I know I have experienced a lot of judgment about my identity as being gay, but I don't think it's been in the workplace. I'm very fortunate um, and I have a lot, an immense amount of privilege to be at the agency that I'm at. Um, We have big pride festivities. Um, One of the accounts that I used to work on they had an amazing HRC score, um, the Human Rights Campaign, and for Pride Month they did, well, for the first Pride Month they did like a Pride post and that was essentially like the opening for them, I guess, coming and saying that they're for um, equal rights because it, that was in 2015 and that was when the SCOTUS ruling, ruling happened and that's when a lot of different stuff was going on in the landscape in terms of uh, bakers not wanting to make cakes for weddings for um, queer people and mm. um, the client that I worked on was really open to new ideas when it ca- came to inclusivity specifically around Pride Month um, but it's interesting because 
they were open to you're bringing up the point of intersectionality they were open to ideas of pride and being for um like gay rights and whatever have you but when it came to like black history month Mm. um it was not talked about and i was kind of like me and one of my colleagues are like are we gonna talk about this at all um and women's history month came around and we did like um i work in social so we did like a social post and it was like very slapstick honestly to give to tell you the truth and so there is there are levels to it to your point um i think it's all with people's level of comfort Mm -hmm. Um, for that particular situation, my client was comfortable with the Pride Month and Pride situation and all that stuff, but um, didn't really, we didn't do anything for Black History Month, which kind of bothered me on a personal level. Um, I don't know if you, actually have more to speak on that. Yeah, um, so my current job, um, literally in my job title, the, the word inclusion is in is in there. Um, so I make it a point to make sure there's intersectionality in everything that we do. Um, and it, it, I feel like I'm, I'm like repeating myself over and over and over again about, okay, yes, like, you know, to your point too, Justin, you know, for, for Black History Month, for Women's History Month, for Pride Month, it should all have so many touch points outside of just being like, e, that, you know, it's X and only this. And, and I have to constantly remind people that. Um, and, and, and it it gets to a point where it's just so frustrating but you know i gotta be the one to do it um and you gotta be the one to educate too and i think that requires a lot of patience um but it it, at the same time i think even in the community for lgbtqia um we forget about the origin stories involving people of color um for example marsha p johnson who i believe is one of the founders when it came to the Stonewall riot and um if you try to look up anything um involving her um I, I feel like you get a lot of images of white women and, and and you know gay men and and gay white men and that's in itself like I think pretty troubling um why why am I not seeing her why am I not seeing other fellow people of color in in that historical uh presence also in the media too right like you bring up such an amazing point um especially in the queer community there's a lot of idolization of people like adam ripon or i don't know how you say his last name um tom daly um let i mean the list goes on to gay men specifically who are white who are idolized as being like I don't know hot or so brave and coming out and yes coming out is a brave process and it's such a journey and it's hard for a lot of people and I'm not judging anyone's coming out process at all but the media represents representation for gay people heavily skews white Mm -hmm. and whenever a person of color or specifically a black person who identifies within the spectrum as queer comes out um it is not often picked up as widely by the media but it's almost celebrated double as much right so um when lena's magazine Mm -hmm. shoot came out and um she was with her partner that was in my instagram feed for weeks honestly beautiful photography and like a real it's like it's real shit like you know what Mm. i mean like it's not these stock images that we see 
and and you're right yeah like um people like laverne cox so grateful that you know orange is a new black happened because not only did that educate me about laverne's journey it educated me a lot about people who are trans who go through that experience Mm -hmm. um, and really brought that journey to the mass media which opened up a lot of dialogue for a lot of people in terms of intersectionality in general I want to pivot to talk a little bit more about advertising because I do feel that since we do work in the fields of marketing and specifically the field of advertising um do you feel that we have a responsibility to make sure or to increase the representation of, um, I guess I want to say like intersectional experiences, period, making sure, obviously, like we talk about, we want to make sure that we have enough people of color in uh, ads in the workplace, etc. But do you guys take on the responsibility or do you think that you should be taking on the responsibility to also advocate for more um people that identify as lgbtqia um etc like i mean ashley you just said that you do but justin is that something that you speak up a lot about in your in your day-to-day workings yeah i mean it's always top of mind for me right because it's my truth and i live it 365 days a year um whenever pride month comes around i try to well way before it comes around um i try to strategize something for our clients um a couple years ago i came up with the idea of donating our resources and our product to um, resource centers because there are a lot of resource centers that are underfunded, a lot of resource centers around the country that are just neglected because of mainly funding and resources in terms of staffing, right? Um, Because a lot of people who work at these resource centers um, for LGBTQIA people, um, they're not paid a lot, right? So it's it's really comes down to funding and allocation of resources. So, the old client that I worked at, worked for rather, um, we did the social post in 2015 and then 2016, I strategized a campaign where we would donate our resources to these centers. Um, and it, I don't believe it came to life, but what was really heartwarming is we put a lot of work into it and the clients were so for it. Um, my day-to-day client was like, yeah, like let's just do it. Come to me with a brief and tell me which resource centers we want to donate to and this and that and I was like wow like this is a conversation that we're having in the workplace um, in terms of advocating though I don't I don't know if I seek out to advocate for representation in particularly my work as a social social media strategist right because when you see a tweet mm-hmm. you can't say oh a gay person wrote this right so Mm. it's a little bit different when you talk about um being under the spectrum of queer versus race Mm. right because i think it's an easy answer for a lot of agencies to just say oh let's just throw a brown or black person in there or let's throw a racially ambiguous person in there but when you post an image on instagram you can't always tell if someone is queer or not right you can maybe pick up hints based on unconscious biases that you have in your mind where 
oh, he's wearing a feather headband. He must be gay. But you can't really articulate that as well as you can race. So it's a little bit different in terms of social media representation and posting for a brand. When you guys like watch TV, you know, there's a lot of inclusive um, commercials out there. Have you guys, when you guys see like a gay couple in a commercial um, travel or whatever, do you guys, do you feel like, yes, that's a great thing or it's like, or you're more critical of the piece? I think it depends on actually the work um, in terms of, did it look like they were checking off a box or was that a real relationship and a real experience that they're reflecting? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, there's a difference for sure. And you can tell. Um, and to kind of build upon that, that, that type of work. And, and if you really want the authenticity to, in order to get that, that needs to happen internally and within the agency or with whatever company happens, there needs to be people educated um, and, and abreast of about the information and, and the real experiences that they're trying to put into the work. Um, and so again, that's why I'm the one that's like, y'all need to learn today because I'm here. Um, so yeah um and and that's what we're we're trying to do here um and and i, I again it, it's about the experiences and and not listening to that unconscious bias and, and retraining that and gaining more perspective um you know for me like my head's shaved and like sometimes i don't wear makeup and i think people can sometimes automatically think like i'm i'm not straight but then i'm like oh but i'm also interested in men too like and, and they're like oh wait what and so it 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 kind of it gets a little convoluted sometimes um for people and we're yeah you're right like um, to Justin's point, you know, someone who may like wear like female clothing and as a man may not be considered gay, maybe considered something else on the spectrum. Do you ever question like, why is that important to do your job? Like why, like when people do you always question like, okay, does, why does it matter if I'm straight or not like to you about my job? Do you, do you guys ever ask yourself that question when people ask you that in the workplace, like your sexual orientation, like you ever question like okay why is that a question right now I'm at work I'm trying to do work things do you ever right do you do you feel a way if somebody asks you about your sexuality at work no because I've gotten to the point where um I am self-sufficient right I'm 25 years old I'm not at risk of losing my housing um, I'm not at risk of losing my job. I'm very fortunate in all of those aspects. So for me, the risk factor is very low in terms of divulging that information. Um, but people at work, they don't come up to you and say, Hey, are you gay? Hey, are you, are you gay? Are you gay? Are you I just on, had a feeling. Can you confirm are you if on you're on gay? A, on, on a grinder? No, they don't do that. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw you on my friend's grinder. Was that you? <laughs> but what they will do is... Um, if they feel comfortable enough, they'll ask you your situationship and they'll say, what are you doing after work? That's um, some 25 year old shit. On, right, 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 right. Ain't nobody ever asked me about my situation. <laughs> well, they, well, they say, well, they kind of ask you, probing yeah. questions like, oh, are so you dating you- anyone? It's Valentine's Day. When Valentine's Day around, oh my God. People are like, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? I'm like, going the hell home. Like, <laughs> like, what do you, what like do you want? I that's another, like, don't ask me that because every year nothing eating Popeyes and watching television it's actually something I enjoy doing on Valentine's Day or something that I picked up on in corporate spaces is people will say um, we'll use the term partner I've noticed that a lot specifically with my experience they'll tell me Mm -hmm. whenever they're trying to refer to who I'm with they'll say partner but if I'm with my straight male friend they'll say girlfriend because he outwardly 
appear straight right whether it's through his clothing or his voice the pitch and tone of his voice um but that's something i have noticed there's like little hints that you pick up on that they don't want to like, offend you hmm. so they'll make a sensitive if you will right. and I'm putting it in quotations a sensitive guess on how to address you do i keep it ambiguous or mm. do i go for the gusto and be mm. like your girlfriend um, right. I think it's interesting, actually, that you guys mentioned um, stereotypes. Like, you said it, and I got, I felt a little bit guilty. Like, I felt a little bit ain't shit, because I was like, damn, I guess, like, I guess I've never, con- I've never actually considered the fact that in a picture, I will never be, I, I literally cannot tell what your sexual orientation is or how you identify until you, you either tell me or you show me your business um do you feel that there's a way around um showcasing queer people in media without being stereotypical or because to me like that would be something that's offensive if you're stereotyping me as a woman as a person of color I'm coming for that ass with the brick in my pocket that I was talking about earlier right but I would assume I'm assuming that you can't actually do that because how else am I, how else would I know unless you tell me or unless you show me that you identify as queer? Yeah, and to, the, to that point too, because while, while you guys are talking, especially about the commercial aspect of it, right? And especially from the standpoint of creatives, we don't want to stereotype. Like that's, if, if we're trying to be inclusive, we don't want to stereotype. So we spent this whole podcast, like 51 episodes trying yeah, to tell so, people not to, please don't tell me we're wrong. Right, so it's, I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm kind of quiet because I'm like trying to figure out the, the best way to approach that, right? Because how do you, as, because now it's the ally, right? So the ally is a part of this. How, as an ally, do we make sure that we're being inclusive, being sensitive, um, and then also making sure that, right? Because then the other question that Karina just asked, which is, the best way to do that is to find someone who's a part of this group and make sure that you're getting their insight and their input on what it is that you're creating. But then that also requires you walking around the office if you don't know anyone's sexual orientation and kind of going, well, who's gay, who's lesbian, who, who's bi, who's queer? How do you, you're, you to your point, you spe- Ashley, you specifically work in DNI. How do you approach situations like this that we're describing? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, and off that point, right, too, because, like, I'm also looking at you now because you, you came from the project manager side, so you understand the creative process, and now you're in DNI. Why are you answering that if someone was to look to you f- as a resource while they're in the creation, ideation, con- conceptual process, how should they approach you? And then, like, I just want to know how you would... Uh, how, Two questions yeah. in one. Yeah. Well, first of all, the, the way that you're approaching this conversation it is great. I think for you to be very honest and to be like, I ain't shit. I don't know shit. Yeah. Teach me shit. He says it all the time. I do. <laughs> well, I that's do. good. That's good. That's a good, that's a good creative. I say I ain't shit a lot. I, I think that's a good creative. I think and, and you could jump in from a strategy point, too, because I think from a creative standpoint, you need to be teed up correctly. And you need to have the right information to be able to help you like create meaningful and real experiences in your work. Um and again, that's that's the fine line. Are you checking off a box? Are you just want to make sure you have your colors of the rainbow and everything, or are you 
are are you really showing that like there's so much more than than what you're seeing and and, and that's in itself i think don't forget that these are like we're the community's people we're all people right. we're all fucking people like you know what can that look like though how so in terms of checking off a box and i know that they're mm-hmm. not gonna be able to hear me but checking off Ooh. Box, right? <laughs> well, how so does that look and no, I'm, I really want that answer. I want you to answer it because I think there's just there's, there's two different ways, right? So it's one, there's a brief that says we're targeting the gay, the LGBTQTAA plus, com- close, uh, close. Uh, community. You're okay. Um, <laughs> and then there's the other one where someone who's creating is looking at it and going, I want to be an ally. I want to make sure that the work that I'm creating is inclusive. So, for because there's like, and I I, I want to clarify that I think like I w- I really want to ask what it looks like before I break it down as into briefs or what because yes for a creative you're gonna need to know that but in like the real world like outside of the agency what does that look like checking off a box versus being authentic with your approach to having this conversation visualizing this conversation of uh, being inclusive with the with and towards the LGBTQ plus community. I love that question um, because I've seen so many brands try to check off a box when it comes to Pride Month, whether it's just throwing up a Skittles tweet. Um, they're like, wear every color of the rainbow, like <laughs> whack. Um, so there, there are a lot of ways that you can approach that. And I think a word that has been... S- said a lot in on this table right now is authenticity and authenticity means real right use real people Mm -hmm. um and there are a number of different ways you can identify that a lot of people within the community um that are around our age um and older self-identify right Mm -hmm. so um ways that you can do that is i've seen friends do like well not friends colleague they wrote an email and sent it to like all the creatives and said casting call for I am I think it was like for Hispanic Heritage Month or something anyone with an authentic story that comes from this background mm-hmm. um, feel free to reach out to X person because we want to have a real story right mm-hmm. um, because it goes beyond getting a stock photo um, a great resource that I just want everyone to uh, take a look at and I have no affiliation with them whatsoever but it's this publication Right, right. This is not sponsored. Um, but I really believe in the work that they're doing. It's this uh, Condé Nast publication called Them, and it's led by um, Phil Picardi. He recently spoke at the Digital New Fronts two weeks ago, um, and you can look them up on Twitter, Instagram. It's just at them. Um, and they highlight real people with real stories, and they really have, from what I've seen, touched on intersectionality when it comes to... Um, gender identity when it comes to how you identify on the queer spectrum and also we have to think about people who have access so this comes into people who are differently abled right Mm -hmm. Um, people I just read an article about people a lot of um, people in New York actually don't have access to elevators on the subway and how that affects people who are differently abled than us Um, so I think when it comes to authenticity using real people um, how you find that those real people, you can get really crafty about it, right? Like, you can ask a friend who might know a friend. You can do a casting call of sorts, if you will. Um, you can look on Instagram. Um, there are a lot of different ways that I 
have personally seen people go through it. The problem is, though, is that within the industry that we're in right now, advertising, creative specific, you're given a deadline. Mm -hmm. So they'll say, we want a creative post for next Tuesday. And you, as a creative, want it to be authentic. You want it to be real. You want it to be genuine. But you have that deadline. So it's tough because there are those shortcuts that you can take where you can feature two white men kissing in a commercial and call it pride, which is great. It is. Or you can do something a little bit more and try to have that intersectionality piece and try to have more representation within the media. I will say along with authenticity is the timing and environment. Um, I don't think pride should ever be contained to just a month. I I think it should be year round. Um, I mean, and that goes for so much more than, you know, just sexuality. I think you should just own your shit all all the time. And and, and there's um there's been a lot of talk about like making it a mentality, not a month. Um, also. So I, I challenge brands, I challenge people to celebrate beyond that, if anything. Um, I mean there there are so many like there's there's um International AIDS Day, um, in in the later half of the year. There's National Coming Out Day. I mean there's so many other opportunities, um, I think outside of Pride that you you should look into, um and and keep pushing that area also. Um, and I would even challenge that to the, to the uh, client too, in terms of timing, like, I know you want to do something for pride, but we have a better idea. We, we think it's more thoughtful. We think it's more meaningful and will really push what you're trying to do. And if you have a more compelling argument, I think you would win. And if not, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Like your, your brand's going to miss out and it's going to be flooded out by all the other pride things that are happening with every other brand that's doing something. Yeah, and with my client specifically, when we were thinking about how to make a bigger impact during Pride Month, um, we they gave us a deadline, and we were not going to meet that. De- I, me, myself as a strategist, was not going to meet that deadline of having a great concept and thought for a campaign within the deadline that they gave. So we went back to them, and I was I went to my manager, manage up. I was like, look. I, I just I was like something in me does I was like something in me does not feel right to do a Twitter post with paid social support to boost it to get those retweets and likes again this year like we need to go beyond that and she is such a dope ally and she was all for it um, and we went back to the client we said can we have a few more days to think about it and my manager gave me the time because she wanted me to own it um, was like just take a break think about what you want it to look like and that's how we came to the concept of like actually reaching out to resource centers um so if you can push back and manage up because the client will want a bigger idea because that'll get them more press right selfishly for them they're like oh if we have a better idea we're gonna get an ad age and they're open to that nine times out of ten a hundred percent i want to give you guys the opportunity before we close out um well first of all thank you guys like I feel like I've learned a lot. I know that there's a billion times more to learn. Um, so we'd be happy to have you guys back anytime on the show. Um, but before we head off to go home and for some of us continue to work, I want you guys to plug your side hustles because I know you both have a couple of things going on um, that we'd like to share with our audience. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty busy as always. Um, I am a co-founder for uh, Women Who Create, which is an organization based on helping women of color um, in creative industries, whether they're trying to get in it, whether they're currently in it and they need help, 
um and, and when i say creative industries it, it goes beyond just advertising and marketing there's so many disparities for women of color in technology fashion music um you know it, it goes on and, and to think about yourself as being a creative you know i came from a project management background but i'm a creative no nonetheless you know here i am making shit happen and 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 that in itself um I think every everybody is a creative at heart so that that's one and and what, what we're doing there is um providing resources whether that's like networking um the big thing for us is a mentorship program we uh, pair up women of color in college with uh women of color professionals that are in um the creative industry of, of their choosing um and, and not only what's really great about this is that purposefully we made it a small knit community um, not only so that way the one-on-one -on -one can be high quality, but you're fostering a real community that's going to be with each other. So we are um, actually tomorrow is the deadline for our summer class. It will be our biggest class ever. Um, and we're taking applicants for mentors and mentees. Um, if you're in the New York City area, if you're a person of color, if you're just a badass woman, I encourage you guys to please apply. Um, women who create uh, NYC.com. Um, it's there. Um, my IG is Ash um, underscore La Chingona. Um, if you don't know how to spell that, I'll I'll DM the uh, I'll send you guys the uh, IG. I got you. Um, and then the other thing I have is um, Mikasa Sukasa Network. Um, this is my that was my first baby, um, and I'm the director of operations for that. And basically, we are an organization founded upon making sure that there's fair and equal representation for Latinos um, in media and um, and also not only that but just you know shouting out to our rock stars that are, are pushing that forward too um, we do so many other things um, and including we have a um, charity called Por La Gente which means for the people um, we, we feel that a lot of assistance particularly you know I'll say example Puerto Rico um, the government has not been helping and um, you know sometimes the people just need to come together and make shit happen so it's for the people by the people and yeah love that um in terms of my side hustles um i'm eating a lot i'm i'm <laughs> <Hey>. I, <laughs> so give me restaurant <laughs> recommendations because uh the office just moved to like soho area mm -hmm. still looking for restaurants cute little day spots so let me know um but in all seriousness my friend um, friends, rather, Ingrid, Javon, and myself, we are starting a podcast called Who Said That? Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> right, the namesake comes from the Real Housewives uh, scene where somebody oh, threw shade, shade, right, and they were on vacation, and they were like, who said that? Who said that? <laughs> right. And it was funny because the name really birthed from us just using it almost every day when we talk to each other, when, whether we, like, threw shade about something or spoke truth about something we were like who said you know what i mean yeah. um so that's where the name of the podcast comes from and um the first episode is launching this week super excited um one of our friends bria benjamin she you can look up on instagram she did the art for our podcast it's amazing um it makes us look way cooler than we are and um the first episode is about flavor of love yes <laughs> <laughs> um because tiffany pollard is a fave and we should celebrate her so yeah that's what i'm working on amazing awesome. so once again thank you guys for joining us we'll make sure to 
post all of your information, um, Instagram, Twitter, um, as well as any information to your side hustles that you'd like to share. So all of our folks can follow you guys um, and support your endeavors as well. Um, and for those of you listening, as you know, you can always hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gmail. We're ask, we, we are Ask Mixed Company Podcast. And on most things, we are Ask Mixed Company. Um, so, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, more. No, sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to, to take a moment to thank you guys for opening up this conversation. Oh. Um, because that is where the authenticity and awareness piece comes for, from, right? Is people like you sharing your platform and really opening up this dialogue um, just for your community to learn, right? So I want to take the time to give you guys the praise oh, and say you. great work um, because I know it's not easy being an ally because you're afraid of being misjudged and not using the right words or feeling yeah. like you don't know what's going on. I but know how quick I am to cuss people out. So I'm like, listen, if, if we have to, if I have to learn the hard way, I can take a belt beating. Okay? But it starts with these real conversations. <laughs> yeah, so thank definitely. you all for doing that. Thank you guys. Um, can't thank you enough. So until next episode, everybody, we will holler at you all later. Peace out. Um, and enjoy Pride Month. Even if you don't identify as LGBTQ, definitely go celebrate your friends, family, um, and some strangers. Peace out. Bye. Bye.